everyone i know you missed us over the bye week but we are back unfortunately we uh haven't been able to recap the clemson game we're going to combine that and the alabama game all into one podcast maybe it's a good thing we uh had a little time to think after clemson but nonetheless we're bald we're back we're bald fuck i'm gonna fix this (laughs) um all right so here we are it's the week one the semifinal week of the postseason, the college football playoff, Notre Dame, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. First reactions, did you guys expect any surprises going into that? Yeah, not after not after championship week. That's I think that's kind of how we played out. I will say I wasn't not nervous tuning in. I mean, I had to tune in to know that we were in. Yeah, I uh, I would agree. I think that for me, I uh... – I don't know why I saw something on Twitter that said they would announce it about halfway through the show. And I don't know why I took that at face value because they definitely waited till the end till 1230 instead of 1215 to announce. Um, So I was sat there kind of nervous. I don't, again, after the way that things played out on Saturday, uh, I have no issue with the way that they did it uh, or or the way that the standings came out. The only gripe I have would be Texas A&M fans coming after Notre Dame Notre Dame fans or the Notre Dame football in general saying that they had the better resume. Um, I think they have, I, th- I think, I think they have a legitimate gripe if they want to take it up with the Buckeyes, but Notre Dame, there's, there's no arguing that Notre Dame didn't have the better resume. So for me, I found that, found that slightly irritating. I try not to let that stuff get to me, but it, I, I think tried to look at objective. If you look at, look at it as objectively as possible. Um, Notre Dame deserves the four over, over, over Texas a So, that was a long pause. Um, that was a long pause waiting for that four to pop up, waiting for that Notre Dame yeah. to pop up. Yeah. Reese Davis does, does his best job to make this as dramatic as possible, and it, it got me for a sec. I mean, yeah, it was dramatic, but I think this is more of a theme of the college football season. I think, honestly, this was one of the more boring, if not the most boring, maybe – you go back to 2011, Alabama versus LSU when they played twice, but this might have been one of the most boring college football seasons in terms of when you think about you know crazy upsets, you know top-ranked teams going on the road to teams in the middle or bottom of their conference losing important games. There was none of that. Was I believe the four teams in the college football playoff rankings in the first one were the same four at the end with just a little shuffling around, like. These were yep. the top four teams all year long, so yeah. there shouldn't nope. really have been any debate. 
Nobody moved in and out of the four. The chalk, the chalk essentially held. The chalk essentially held. And you know what? I, you know, it, it does make me believe that maybe a two-loss Clemson. You know, things go differently for Notre Dame on Saturday, and we'll get to that um, how they could have gone differently. But maybe a two-loss Clemson. You know, if they would have played Notre Dame tight, I think that with the way things played out, I could see them have a decent case at the four, at the four spot too. Um, I also think that I'll say this: a problem. I think that Notre Dame would have a very, very good chance of beating Ohio State and may be the third best team in the country. But the way the way that things went last weekend absolutely prevented that from, from them getting the three seed. They had to be the four seed. From a matchup perspective and just performance perspective, um, they absolutely had to had to be the four seed. So I have no problem with that either. Yeah, we, we, we made the, the committee's decision very easy. We, we yes, we left, did. We completely took it out of their hands with the way we played on, on last Saturday. Uh, but talk about the, the nobody shuffled in and out, and I haven't done my research here. Is that the first time that nobody has shuffled in and out since the first rankings? It's got to be the uh, first time. that It has to be. So I think yeah. that that makes Ohio, that makes the Ohio State six-game claim even more iffy. Because yeah. I mean, teams do lose. When you look at college mm-hmm. football in history, those upsets do happen. Ohio State didn't even give the chance for those upsets happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys want to know a fun fact? Who was the number one overall team in the first ever college football playoff rankings back in 2014? I think it was something funky. Was Mississippi it, uh... State. Mississippi State. Yep, Mississippi Dang. State. Dak. <laughs> Led by Dak Prescott. Yeah, and Mi- I believe they beat Bama or something like that. They might have, but Ole Who Miss was... was up there too because I remember that Egg Bowl was like a huge. Oh, yeah. I think Ole I think they might have both beaten Alabama that year or something crazy. Uh, there's no way because Alabama still made it to the playoff. Yeah, and how, and how about that? One of them beat Bama, I think. Who, who coached uh, – I have a quick question for you. Who coached that Mississippi State team? Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen did coach that Mississippi State yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Has he made a playoff? Oh, that's funny how things change. I don't know if Dan Mullen's no. made a playoff. No. Yeah. That's, that, that's about right. No. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, another thing with the committee, like obviously one through four was easy. After that, it's kind of honestly a shit show. I, I, if you're, if there's one fan base that really has a gripe with the committee, it's got to be Indiana. One loss in power conference. Yes, I believe they played what seven, maybe eight games. Seven because they didn't play championship week either. But putting a three loss Iowa State team. Ahead of them into a New Year's Six Bowl was I, I thought that was kind of a joke. Like you can't lose three times. Oh, what loss to a team that the committee commit um, considered a top three team? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I think I, I I would say that Cincinnati probably has a has something to say as well, and I don't disagree with with anything that they would have to say. Like I think they do have a. They they do have legitimate complaints that can be made, but I just think the whole thing was kind of a pipe dream. Unfortunately, I just don't see, um, especially after this year, I don't see a way that the group of five is going to be able to play themselves in um, under this current format. It's the the top is just too damn strong, um, and with five power conferences, you're going to get at least five power co- power champion five power five champions. Um, it's going to make it impossible to get a group of five in. So. Unless unless they start unless teams start agreeing to play them, you know, in in September and August, but is that something you really want to risk? If yeah, it doesn't if, make if sense. If you're a Florida or a Georgia, 
Yeah. Yeah. Why would? Why I mean, would we're doing it? it next year. I guess so. Yeah. So, if there's anyone to do it, of course it's going to be Notre Dame. Um. Other than that, like the bowl games, kind of make sense. That my my biggest issue was that Iowa State, like they lost to Louisiana Lafayette, who's one lost team out of the Sun Belt. Carolina, or Coastal Carolina, beat Louisiana Lafayette. They get left out. Obviously, like they've already played their bowl game and lost. But I mean, you still love to see those teams get a shot over, uh, yeah, over a three loss team like Iowa State or you know the two lost teams are always in these games and always have a bunch of opt outs and people don't care. You know, this is like these type of games can like change a program, energize a fan base, all that. And, you know, they don't even get a second look by the committee. They're like, all right, yeah, they didn't play anyone. Just toss them out. Like coastal Carolina did everything they could to, you know, at least lay somewhat of a claim to a new year six spot. Definitely. I, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed both season on the whole so far. I think that I've gotten, there's been some very enjoyable games. I think probably the best one so far has been Coastal and Liberty um, over the weekend. Um, that one ended ended in overtime um, between two really good coaches who probably expected who probably some some thought would get Power Five jobs. Uh, but the one thing that also frustrated me uh, before we move on to Clemson is is Army not getting a bowl game. How does a how does a nine and two Army team not get a bowl game? And I know that bowls have ties to conferences, but that drives me crazy that they're not in a bowl game. Well, they're they're in one now. Are they? In yeah, one? I, I thought they got an opponent. Yeah, that did. They, they're they're in one now. I was looking at the ESPN schedule just now. I didn't see them. Where are they? ESPN. I, I believe they play West Virginia. Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. I think you're right. Um, we did have yeah. a couple more cancellations today. Was, um, TCU, um, Arkansas, canceled, right. um, and then Iowa, Missouri is done yeah. as well, which is a bummer, but. Iowa was good too. I was going to bet on them. They had a sneaky good yeah, season. Yeah, they did. No, the slab. I'm with you though. That that coastal uh, that coastal game was was an extremely exciting game. Uh, a big another another big win for Hugh Freeze, who looks like he's going to be back at Liberty. Yeah, after after getting after getting passed up on the Auburn job, yeah. um, which I was shocked by. Looking ahead, I know- Auburn had a hell of a coaching search. Yeah, yeah that was weird. That was a kind weird coaching search. Disaster. Although they, you know, they end up with the Boise State guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ult- ult- ultimately, I don't think but, they made a bad decision. Uh, I think he's probably pretty good. I just think that you passed up on some other big names, and it was clearly an absolute disaster. Um, with you know, however many parties had a say in it. So. Yeah, a lot of rumors there of like boosters getting involved exactly. and some foul play, you know, stuff like that. One booster wants his guy, another booster wants another. It's kind of like. Life in the SEC, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, let's be honest. Ever since 2014, uh, all those other bowl games have been watered down. All that matters is the final four. And obviously we're at four now because of what happened last Saturday. It's now been a week and a half. I've had time to digest it. To be honest, I really haven't gone back and watched the highlights like I have for every other game this year. Because there's just a lot of Clemson highlights. Final score, 34-10. I thought the first three drives and how Notre Dame finished them on offense essentially ended the game. That's my number one take. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go, go ahead, ahead Ian. Okay, well, I I'll, would I'll go, go ahead. Sorry. You you go. The, um, <laughs> that's that's the, uh, the rust and the 
the internet coming in. But uh, D, I, I completely agree that you you need much more than three points unless you get zero, which Jonathan Dorr did for one of those. Um, we were nothing in the red zone, and I, I think as soon as we moved the ball 65 yards downfield relatively easily and then just shut down in the red zone, that was that was a signifier that, I mean, this wasn't November anymore. This was a different Clemson team that was going to show up, and it was a different Notre Dame team right then, and then it was, it was downhill from there, absolutely. It was just signs that it was just not going to go well, and signs that we've seen in Notre Dame games way before. I, um, I mean, that looked like a vintage Notre Dame beat down in the big yeah, game. Was, yeah. I, um, on my end, I, like, I think the first three drives, I have multiple takes on I think, like, the first three drives on the whole um, proved to me, despite Notre Dame not finishing them, the way that Notre Dame moved the ball against Clemson, I think proves that they can probably hang with some pretty good teams. Like, uh, first first play was first drive was eleven plays, second drive was seven plays, and, and the third and the third drive was six plays. Um, and to me, like the, I thought they did move the ball pretty well. Um, so like that's the, that's my first thing. I still think I still think that this team can hang um, with 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 the best of the best, um, especially early on. Um, and had those drives gone differently, I think the game. It's a much different game. Second take on it was getting a field goal on the like – if you take a drive-by-drive, drive, I don't have an issue taking a field goal on the first drive. Um, and Dort hit a beauty from 51 out. Like, that was a nice sigh of relief to get points on the first drive, even if it was just a field goal. And I and field goals don't beat Clemson, but getting a field yeah. goal to start was was not bad. And then you come back and you get a, you pick off – you pick off Trevor Lawrence, right? Who had the pick? Was it um, Kyle Hamilton uh, had the pick? Yeah, Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton had the pick, and to me, like the nail, the nail in my coffin probably was a not scoring a touchdown off of that. Like that's that's definitely not the way you beat Clemson, and better yet, uh, or worse yet, really, at door misses the field goal. I was like, gee, you know, we we are in some deep shit if that's if that's how this is gonna go. Um, for the rest of the day, and, and that's kind of how it did, unfortunately. The third drive was they went they went for it on fourth down, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't bad throw hit off Avery Davis's hands, but it was behind him. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think I I have no problem with rolling the dice and going for it on fourth. I think it's probably the right call in my opinion. Um, because again, we like like we just found out, Dormis is a kick field goals aren't going to beat this team. So going forward to me is the, is the right call. Um, but Davis, my original take was, I was, I was annoyed that, that book, um, that book kind of fired, that book kind of left it behind him. But if you look at it again, and once I looked at it again, I kind of realized that Avery Davis has to sit. Kind he of has, has to know sit. Where he is in the field. That's a great play yeah. by your book. That's a great play by your book. Yeah. To like, it's not a, to... it's not a, it's not whatsoever book's fault. It was a fine ball. It, Davis has to sit, um, and has and has to come up has to come up with it. Um, so yeah, the first three drives did prove like to me. I was not. I think there were good signs of life um, on some of the plays and the way that we were able to move it. But again, it, it was tough with the missed field goal and dropping it on on fourth down. Really drives two and three um, made it made it very difficult for us today. Yeah, and one thing for me is that. I, I, I'm not really saying I'm eating crow for this, saying like, oh, there's no way Trevor Lawrence is going to play that much better than DJ. Like, his stats were lower, but 
the impact that dude yeah. makes on the game Absolutely. and just like e- even his presence just being in that huddle i mean i yeah i i shouldn't have done this i underestimated probably the greatest college football player i know he's not going to get a heisman which is weird but he's probably like the greatest college football player since Reggie like Bush. tebow yeah, he's in that tier yeah. of college football players, and I thought, oh, he can't be better than this true freshman who is a stud. DJ is going to be DJ really is good, a probably stud, a top five. But pick we in the just NFL. saw that the just the decisions that a defensive coordinator have to make when Trevor Lawrence in there is almost impossible, especially because we made it look like he was impossible to tackle. Like he is a tank. You can't you can't arm tackle that guy around the legs because he is he's an absolute tank, and he. We could not bring him down in the backfield, which we, we kind of got penetration and got to him a little bit, but couldn't bring him down. Yeah. There, yeah, there were some there were some missed arm tackles that you just – he's just a little little smarter, a lot more experienced than DJ. Like I, I, think that, I think that junior, senior year, DJ won't look terribly different from what we just saw from Trevor Lawrence, but right now um, – and I agree with D. I said the same thing. Like I, I didn't think that – a 400, 450 yard passing performance could be that different from what Trevor Lawrence would put on the field, and but uh, but in a lot of ways I was wrong because it was so different. Maybe the yards total wasn't there, but it, it's definitely just a, a maturity aspect from Trevor Lawrence and an experience aspect from Trevor Lawrence that makes him so special, uh, a true generational talent um, like like the Bushes and and, and Tebow's of the world. I mean, it wasn't just like first drive. We get an interception. Trevor Lawrence gives you a play. He'll probably give you one or two plays a game, right. and you have to capitalize. You can't drive 80 yards from when you got the pick and miss a chip shot field goal. You have to at least get three, preferably seven when you have first and goal. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you can't leave those points on the board because he will capitalize. He's going to be playing football probably until the time our children are playing football. Think about that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of scary. But uh, um, I don't know why I thought about that. But, I mean, it just came down, you know, was it next drive for some reason? Sean Crawford, hard worker. I get he's respected in the locker room. You can't expect him to guard elite receivers one-on-one with no help. Lawrence looked to Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton ran to the other hash. Bang, touchdown, Clemson. Like, you can't leave Sean Crawford on the island, and that's what terrifies me about this week because for some reason we keep doing it with Crawford. But, I, I mean, if you give Trevor Lawrence that look and he sees it, he's going to take advantage for six points, like, every time. And I want to say he said something about it in the press conference after the game, not directly calling out Sean Crawford, but saying that, oh, I knew we had one-on-one on the backside with their safety. Um, and essentially just said, oh, I knew that my guy was, – it was, it was Amari Rodgers, right? Yep. I had Amari Rodgers one-on-one with their safety number 20, and it wasn't even going to be a question about what I was going to do with the ball. Look off look off the other help and and pick apart the one-on-one matchup. And, indeed, I completely agree. I think we'll, you know, we'll get to that. Um, but this is this has been and, and has continued to be and more likely than not will be an, uh, an issue – for Notre Dame is not having, not having one-on-one guys in the secondary, not having one-on-one guys that can win matchups. So this is this is less X's and O's, and this is just more a pattern. But so final score thirty-four ten. Well, I mean we can all agree it was 
34-3. Like that late Chris Tyree touchdown. Yeah. Maybe gets us in the Garbage. playoff, but I mean it was an important one. But in the in the concept of the game, didn't really mean much. We this week coming up, we're there's we're gonna have to stop the bleeding at some point, and we didn't stop the bleeding against Clemson. Like when things go off schedule for Notre Dame, and it's not going as we planned, we cannot crumble like we did. We cannot look shell shocked deer in the headlights. Which Brian Kelly, we've seen this image of him on the sidelines so many times. Arms crossed, just looking on, almost with no answers. Like, dude, coach. No, 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 no. With, with, with no answers. Not almost with no answers. With, with no, no yeah. answers. Do something, dude. Do something. Like, he looks so helpless. He looks so helpless. Well, the thing is, on November 7th, that's why I think this team's a little different. November 7th, after we went up 23-10, uh, I believe Clemson scored... With the Bob. The next... Or, is, or it was 23-13 or something like that. And Clemson scored 17 straight points. They're driving the ball, moving down the field. That was taking a punch from a great team, maybe not as good as the team we played uh, last week. Definitely not as good as the team we played last week and probably not as good as Alabama either. But that was taking a punch in the mouth from the number one team in the country. And what did the team do? They responded. They had their backs up against the wall, and they responded. So hopefully it's in there, but, you know, when that – punch happens when you aren't already up 10 nothing. it's a little harder to get back up and fight that's why those first two drives coming up with three points first three drives coming up with three points is so important it gives you a little cushion to take a punch because you know Alabama's at all four teams that are left in the college football playoff they're really good teams they're going to throw punches at some point in the game like you have to give yourself some cushion to be able to take it and you know not capitalizing on the first three drives means when Clemson throws that punch, all of a sudden it's 17-21-0 or 21-3, and you just don't know what to do because you're looking across at the number one pick in the draft and first-team All-American running back and however other many guys they have. And there's just not, not much you can do, which is why I kind of sympathize with Kelly a bit because, you know, he thought he had a really good game plan, and when your game plan doesn't work and you know there's only so many ways to stop trevor lawrence and one of those ways is certainly not by playing it conventional you know you almost feel helpless and as a coach you can't do that obviously but i don't know like clemson's like i imagine them as this giant boulder notre dame you kind of have to like keep them at the top of the mountain because if they start getting momentum they will roll down and just crush you and that's what we saw yeah, I think if you want to use the punch analogy, I think if there's one thing that, like, to me, that I, I'm excited about and uh, that I think Notre Dame's done well so far um, in, in big games this year is outside of the North Carolina game, they've kind of thrown the first punch. Um, and that's not always – that has not always been the case. Like, I think usually, I thought, you know, if, if my recent memory serves me well, it's games against, like, Georgia um, and, and other games like that they have not thrown the first punch and they've have to have played from behind. Um, I think you're right. D though. Like they threw a really, really good first punch in November and threw a pretty soft one um, last week, two weeks ago or a week and a half ago in Charlotte. Um, and it was, it wasn't enough. It, the whole, the hole was, the hole was not the hole. The hole was just too deep to dig themselves out of. And you're probably right. It's, it's unfair to blame it on Kelly because the, because the game plan seemed to have worked early, right? Like, Forced to turn over three drives inside the red zone. Um, 
but you know it, that 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 part definitely stunk. Uh, not being able to respond uh, was painful. And I one more thing. I think like it, this this should not be understated, and it, I'm probably biased towards it. But like losing Jarrett Patterson is it, it, to me by you know, losing Jared Patterson is just being something that's, is something that's a little overlooked. It's not something that gets talked about on ESPN. It's not something that really gets bought up on the broadcast. Um, I think those close to the program know, and, and you'd see comments, you know, comments from Lee and Mike, Lee Meikenberg and other guys this week would tell you that as well. But losing Jared Patterson has proven to be quite, 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 quite costly for this team. Absolutely. Um, and we'll get into this whole Lug Carell thing. Uh, but there was a clip going around Twitter of – Kyron Williams blowing up um, Skalski, and it was yeah. everybody praising Kyron for this block. But if you look at it, our entire O line is just getting decimated around Kyron Williams. Like, yes, Kyron Williams picks up the Tommy just fell. From, yeah, I mean, he just tripped. Tommy just tripped, and there's a clean shot to the quarterback there. But like this video of our of our running back making this great block, well, it's like that vi- that that meme of that dog with flames going up around him. But Kyron's that dog. Just hold, just hold <laughs> strong in the middle. Yeah, Venerables, Venerables did a good job turning up the heat for sure, um, and and mix and mixing things up, sends send stunts and sending guys to different gaps, and it definitely shows when you don't have your guy in the middle who's kind of your signal caller for the offensive one when he's not there to point to point different stuff out and and, and get 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 the guy settled on the same page, um, it becomes incredibly difficult, and I I was really I've been. I hate, I don't want to pick on guys, but I've been extremely underwhelmed by what I've seen from Josh Lug. Um, I've I, I would I I you know we'll get into it in a little bit. I don't I don't want to jump ahead, but it, it, losing Zeke Carell has certainly is. And I'm sorry, losing um, losing Jared Patterson is something that shouldn't get overlooked, and, and in my opinion, is not not getting the attention it deserves because he um, even if he was one of the young the youngest guy on the offensive line, he's probably one of Notre Dame's best players. Or most important pieces, yeah. at least. Mm-hmm. And while we're on the topic of offensive line, just in line playing, line play in general, Notre Dame got manhandled at the point of attack on both sides of the ball. That was the difference in the first game. It was the difference in the second game. Yep. I mean, yeah, you could say Trevor Lawrence and the receivers, but what it came down to was Notre Dame couldn't get enough pressure. They couldn't stop Lawrence on the QB keeps. Uh, and that led to sometimes overcommitting, let ETN bust a 44-yard touchdown. Then Notre Dame could not establish a run, could not protect Ian Book. That was the game as well. You this, know? this, like they dominated, then got crushed. We've been, we've been hyping up Ian Book all season. That was not his fault. Last Saturday was not his fault at all. He was doing everything he can, but he was getting nothing from his own line, and and very little from his receivers as well. Yeah, I thought Venerables, Venerables and the D line, Venerables on the whole, and, and the D line, Clemson D line specifically, had a really nice game plan and executed extremely well to do their best to keep Book home and to make him to make him be a pocket passer. Um, and that's, it's not his fault that he's not. He's proven to be quite prolific as somebody who who extends plays and scrambles a little bit. But it seems to be that when you make him be a true, true, true pocket passer. You know he's not he, he's nowhere near the same conversation as a as a Kyle Trask or Mac Jones. Um, yeah, absolutely. By any means. While we're so. talking about while we're talking about Venables, I hate that guy so much. Like I the, yeah. I hate Dabo, but I might hate Venables more. Like on the on the Clemson sideline, Michael Mayer 
clearly that was that was a clear targeting call. Clear targeting call. He got absolutely decapitated on that one. And Skalski stood stands over him and Venables is losing his mind. He's falling on the ground. I'm like, dude, your guy just took the head off of an eighteen year old kid. Grow grow up. I know I'm probably spiteful on that, but like, God, I hate that guy. <laughs> he's an ass. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of him either. He's, he's good at his job. He's a good coach, though. He is a good coach. Yeah. And they, they got so lucky because the guy literally just doesn't want the head coaching job and just wants to stay <laughs> working for Dabo for the infinity. What do we think? Said, what do we think? Maybe, maybe, his, uh, maybe his kid graduate and changes his mind. Maybe. Maybe. Hope, hopefully. Yeah. That being know. said, I also um, I probably was overthinking it, but like, did not seem like Clark Lee had his best game either. So his mind could have been a national. No, no, I, I think he, 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 like many other, because Clemson also does not run Trevor Lawrence against bad teams. You really only see it when they're playing in the college football playoff or pretty much it because they really haven't played any big regular season games with Lawrence. They don't run him against bad teams. They save his legs for those big games, and I think – Clark Lee and Notre Dame's defense as well, just because they literally didn't. He had more rushing yards today, or not today, last Saturday, I believe, than he did all year coming into the game combined. So they, they save that weapon for the big games, and it just kind of crushes people. All right, do you guys, did you guys see any bright spots from that game? Chris Tyree should have gotten more than one touch. I know his touch was against Clemson's third stringers or whatever, but I think you have to get the fastest guy on your team more touches. Yeah, I guess that 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 late touchdown was was a bright spot, and I would. He's clearly electric with the ball in his hands if he has space. Other than that, like Drew Drew White, I think got the tip on the Hamilton pick, um, but other than that, like no, dude, like we come to expect <laughs> a lot more. There was I there was not a lot for me to be excited about. And I know we're a lot better than that. I'm not jumping off the ship at all. I know we're a lot better than that. But I was just frustrated with what we brought on that day. Yeah, I, I think I I would agree. I don't have a I don't have a lot that would that I would say I found to be positive about the game. Um not 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 nothing really at all. Um to me, I think like the bright spot, like I mentioned earlier, would be you threw the first – again, in a, in, for a Notre Dame team that usually doesn't, you threw the first punch in a big game, which was good. That's a bright spot to me. Um, and then the other bright – you know, the other bright spot to me is Notre Dame I, – I, to me, the, the Tyree touchdown was garbage. I don't think that – no, it was. Like, it, it doesn't – trying it, to find something. Doesn't, to, no, to, here's my bright spot on that. Here's my, here's my twist on that. Notre Dame – the Ty, Tyree touchdown was garbage. So, so you know – Realistically, you could say the final probably should have been thirty-four-three, right? I don't think that Clemson is what thirty-one points better than Notre Dame. Like, not at all. I think Notre Dame certainly kind of just laid a dud. Like, I think everybody has bad days, um, and Notre Dame had a particularly bad day. Um, and that that happens. It sucks that it was in such a bad, such a big spot with with a lot on the line. Uh, but ultimately, it doesn't cost you a playoff berth. And it, look, shit happens. You, you have you have a bad day. Pick yourself up and move on, because um, that's really the only choice you got to to for for the Notre Dame football. I don't think they are, but for the Notre Dame football team to dwell on what happened in Charlotte would be 
would be a great disservice because I, 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 I'm not, I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in it on the whole. I think you had, I think you had a bad day. There's definitely some things that are concerning, but you know, shit happens. Jonathan Dorda shouldn't miss 24 yard field goals. He, he usually doesn't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Anything else you guys want to say about this game before we move on? I have something. I have something nice to say about Notre Dame. Not in this game. Okay. Could you? Oh, okay. so we're good with this game? Yeah. Okay. So let's say something nice about Notre Dame. Aaron Banks and Jeremiah Uusu Cormella are first team All Americans. Liam Eikenberg is a second team All American. Tommy Kramer and Kyle Hamilton are third team All men or third team All Americans. There's something to be said for that. Notre Dame, yeah. Alabama had six um, first te- first team All Americans, but the fact that Notre Dame got two and got a few more in the second and third team, I still think I'm very impressed with that. Like, it, you know, it was older guys who deserve recognition for for unbelievable season that they had. Mm-hmm. The vibes really down. Like this is once again probably the best regular season Notre Dame has had since 1988. Like, there's no reason to feel down about this team because of one game and who we're playing next because, let's be honest, nobody expects us to win. This team has literally zero pressure on them. Yep. Zero. And they have a ton of great players. Like you said, the All-American. I would say – Wu won the Buckets Award. The, he was the best linebacker in the, the country. The pressure comes from the past and how Notre Dame's performed in these games. But the, it's a new roster from 2018. It's, it's an entire new roster from 2014 and 2012. Um so this this narrative that like Notre Dame's zero and six in the last six be- or New Year's Day games and, and stuff like that that this team shouldn't listen to any of that noise because they're an entirely different team, um, the, and they're they're twenty point dogs which I think is absurd. Go out and beat them. I don't know. Let's just go play hard. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think like to me, if, if there's a bright spot in getting blown out is you come into you come into the Alabama game playing with house money entirely. You know, it, you're playing against probably one of the better teams that we're going to see play in a long time, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you got really got nothing to lose. Like, go go make this a tight game. Go play your hearts out. Uh, who knows? You know, <laughs> Herb Brooks gave that lovely speech about you know nine times they might beat us nine times out of ten. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe maybe it's our one. Why not? Yeah, and and, and, I, and one thing we've seen. Yeah, you know, I was just saying, like, and we'll go through the preview. Like, I think there are spots that Notre Dame can find success. Yeah, one thing we've seen with Ian Book, especially most of the time in these big games, is he plays super tight. Like, you know, could he come out and play super tight against Bama? Sure, but you know, there's no pressure for them to say is Notre Dame legit this year. Like that, those questions have been quote unquote answered by the national media not one but two huge games huge top five matchups already this year the fact that this is our third top five matchup this year is kind of ridiculous so you know there's no pressure saying is this Notre Dame team legit like for everyone else outside of that program their question was answered against Clemson so they don't think they're legit but you know inside that locker room I think those guys think they know they're legit they know they aren't you know, 30 plus points worse than Clemson. And, you know, it starts with Ian Book. If he comes out and starts slinging it, you know, there are places in Alabama's defense where you can take advantage. Hell, Ole Miss put up like 600 yards on them. Now, are we running Lane Kiffin's air raid? No. 
But, you know, there are chances to be taken. I mean, Florida put up, we don't have Florida's offense either, but her defense is a lot better than theirs, and they put up 48, came within six points last week. Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest thing is this just allows this team to just play loose and see what happens. And you know what? You know what? This, this team, especially this group of four, like the, this group who's been here for the last four years, has a lot to be proud of, and they and they've won a lot of games. Like, let's not discount that. Um, that kind of I was talking to somebody earlier, and that kind of put put in perspective. I saw a tweet. Um, this this group here over the last four years since they went since Notre Dame went four and eight our freshman year, this team's forty three and seven. Like they have won a lot of games and seven losses. The ones you know, you could probably name most off the top of your head right now. Seven losses in four years isn't too bad, man. Like, go go get it. Go get another win. Why not? Like, you know, this team know these guys know how to win. They've done it enough. Um, so but you know, hope hope for the best here. Should we should we get into some of those those spots and and how we can make it a game? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. First thing is, so Alabama does have. I'll, I'll start with Alabama's defense against Notre Dame's offense. That's. We know Alabama's offense. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably know who their studs are. We'll get to them in a bit. Uh, but Alabama's defense, best player on their defense, probably Patrick Sertain. He's probably the best corner Notre Dame has played against. Has the ability to just lock down a team's number one target. And quite honestly, that doesn't really scare me that much because Notre Dame, it's not like years past where they've had a Claypool, they've had a Boykin where that – there's clearly a number one target for a quarterback. Like, if they want to shut down McKinley or Skoranek, I'm okay with the other guys. Plus, the tight ends getting catches. Like, they've we've seen that many games this year. Like, yeah, McKinley has a quiet game. Skoranek has three touchdowns. You know, against Clemson, Skoranek's pretty quiet. McKinley has over a hundred yards. You know, if you take away Notre Dame's top receiver, it's not a huge deal to me like it would have been in years past. And because of that, like Notre Dame's balance and passing the ball, I think is an advantage, especially as Alabama safety is just quite frankly, there's they're not starting to make a Fitzpatrick back there. Like yeah. there's matchups we can win. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with you with like if they're gonna have a stud, I'd rather it be on the outside. Um because if you look at what gave us problems against Clemson, it was Skalski in there just blowing everything up and just diagnosing everything at a at a rapid rate. Um, and they have Alabama has talent in the, in the middle, but they don't. I don't think they have a a guy that is so. I don't, want to, I don't know what to call it. Instinctive as Skalski, um, in, in yeah. the middle there. Dylan Moses is athletic as hell, but he's not like yeah, he that instinctive. Yeah. Um, and and I think what when it comes to our offense against their defense, like we're not we're not we shouldn't be looking for. For huge, huge plays, we should be looking for for eight yard gains and, and and long drives and keeping our defense off the field. And that's what I'm going to be looking to do. And I think that is the advantage we have. And we can get our tight ends involved and keep moving the sticks. Uh, but we again, once we get there, we're going to have to turn turn it into seven points. Yeah. Uh, for for me, I think for me, Amaya, just Notre Dame's offense versus. Alabama's defense, I think, like you guys mentioned, like they don't have they don't have Skalski, but they also don't have a guy like Mike Davis, right? Like they don't have Cle- Clemson bought a lot. Of, who's what's the big guy? Breeze, Breeze, Clemson has up front. Breeze, right? Breeze. Like they, yeah. I don't think they have dudes in the front seven like Clemson does when Clemson's healthy. Um, 
And I think that Notre Dame does have some dudes on the offensive line that if they can get their stuff together and build the chemistry that they've had previously, whether it be with Corral or whether it be with Lug, like I, I think they have a better chance of, of giving books some time here against this Alabama front seven, maybe than they did against the Clemson front seven. Um, I think for me, like go back, go back to what's, what's worked. Use and abuse your tight end talent. Um, you know your, your three-headed monster Brock Wright, even if he's just blocking for the most part, and Tremble and Mayer. Use that. Use that as much as you can. Go back to the trap game. You know, pull, pulling pulling Tremble, pulling the tight ends, or pulling the guards and tackles. Like go back to that trap game and get more hats to the side of the ball that you're running to. Um, and let's. Let, I don't know. I don't care. Death by paper cut. Like let's. I don't need I don't need big plays. I really think that the better you'll be better served keeping the ball out of Mac Jones's hands. Um, so long sustained drives, chunk plays, short to intermediate routes, um, with with you know with a shot sprinkled in here or there could get the job done. Um, you know, I, I think like the biggest thing I think that a lot of people would say is, is our tight end game is going to be really really important because that's probably where our biggest mismatch is in the game. That so favors you, every day. You mentioned like shots here and there. I think those shots are more so used to just lengthen the fields and give us some depth to open up. Keep them honest. You got. You got. Yeah, you're gonna. We, you're gonna have to keep them honest. Yeah, you got to keep them honest. Um, but we don't like. I, I don't want us going like flea flicker for eighty yards, just like this this gimmicky touchdown because Alabama gets the ball back and they're gonna score on us. They're gonna. They're gonna score on us. So we're Brian Kelly's gonna need to game plan the hell out of this game. Yeah. I think one thing that we just really haven't seen all year is, yes, we've used our tight ends, and they're obviously really good. We haven't used them in the vertical passing game. Not really. It's a good point. Nearly enough, in my opinion. That's a really good point, Dave. Like, Mayer, Mayer up the seam, if he's matched up against a linebacker, you have to just throw him I don't, the ball. Have we yeah. seen that like, route? Like, I don't uh, care. I haven't no. even seen him run that route. No. I, I think Book, Book missed it one game in, like, the middle of the season. might have been Boston College or something. But, I mean, it, it, we haven't used that at all. Start using them on, you know, 10, 15-yard dig routes. I, I think one play that it was part of Chip Long, so I don't know if it's still in the playbook, but, like, Tommy Tremble leaking out on the wheel yeah. route. I know we ran it with Alizé Mack yeah. back in the day, too. Like, I, I don't know. Like, get those guys involved somehow because that's where we actually have an athletic advantage. I, like, I would love to – like. To- D, I think you're 100% right. We see we see a lot of our tight ends going east-west, which is great because they do win those matchups. But what's not to say that they can't win them going north, going north-south, going straight up the field, getting vertical. Um, I think I think that can, that can certainly happen with the right 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 route combinations can get them. Um, yeah, I think they're probably faster than the linebackers. Tremble and Tremble and May are probably faster than the linebackers and probably bigger than the safeties. So um, yeah, I, I would love to. I, I completely agree. I think it's a really really good point. Would love to see them get going a little more vertical rather than side to side. Mm-hmm. And well, another thing is that they're going to be expecting us to run. We have to be effective in play action, and that instead of trying to just establish a run, establish a run, that's what they're expecting. And you know, if they stop us, you know, three and out early or first down and punt early on, you know, that's kind of backbreaking. I, I would almost rather see us, and I think we've tried to do this, we did this against Clemson, certainly is almost use the pass to open up the run, not the other way around. 
because teams are lining up against us, you know, right when they see us and they load the box. And we have to, you know, get those safeties backed off somehow. We, talk, we talked about this in the Clemson preview, and it's something that I thought we executed well, was um, if they're going to pack the box, throw behind the linebackers, right? Hit, hit, hit the slants, hit the short to intermediate guys, and make them back off. Make them, you know, we can't. We, Notre Dame can't survive having eight, having facing a defense that puts eight in the box. Just simply can't. So start throwing behind the linebackers, keep them honest, get them off the line of scrimmage, stop them from stopping, stop them from bringing the house, um, and, and get books some time. You're gonna have to execute early uh, on some of those throws. And I think, and like, honestly, I think Notre Dame did against Clemson. Like for the for the most part, I think they did hit. I think they did hit the short to intermediate routes and did back Clemson off a, lot, a little bit in the first three drives. Um, one thing, one thing I saw uh, Kelly said in his press conference this week was like Notre Dame offensively, a lot of their focus not necessarily has been revamping their offense, but more so executing on third down and executing in the red zone. So that's something I like to hear. Like I, I love that I'm hearing them spend hours on hours this week um, because that it's important, man. Let's we kill this against Clemson and and could certainly sink the ship very quickly um, on on Friday if you're not getting if you don't if you're not get if you're not keeping your defense off the field and, and keeping the ball out of Alabama's hands. Yeah. All right. I, I say we flip it now. This is obviously the much scarier part of the game. Alabama's offense, which features not one, not two, but three Heisman finalists that's in like my personal Opinion of likelihood to win it. Uh, Devontae Smith, receiver, who's probably maybe not the best receiver we've seen come through the college game, but just specifically this season, he's been the most impactful player in college football. Then Mac Jones, the quarterback, the guy getting him the ball, who's you know, he's not Trevor Lawrence, uh, but he might win it just because of his stats. And then there's Najee Harris, just an absolute bull in the backfield, 6'2", 230, run through your face type of dude kind of a vintage Alabama running back uh the type that they just breed down there uh let's see out of those three players I guess who are you guys most scared of oh I, I it's got to be Devontae Smith for me and that's not even not that Najee Harris is an absolute animal but uh, it's more so the matchup I mean you think of Devontae Smith on Clarence Lewis and that's a, that's absolute nightmare fuel worse so Devontae Smith on if, if Sean Crawford's ever on him, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it, there's just nothing good about it. Um, and not that Najee Harris is not a beast, but I think we're more capable, and we see, we saw with Etienne, we're more capable of stopping a running back with our defense than we are with stopping an elite wide receiver. Yeah, I think that, in my, like in my opinion, I think you've seen Notre Dame stop good quarterbacks so far. And Mac Jones, Mac Jones is, is very, very, very good. But like, you know, I put him third I put, on the quarterbacks we faced this year. I think so too. Uh, who, who, well, I put him slightly ahead of D, slightly ahead of DJ right now. Yeah. DJ will you be think, better. You think Sam Howell? Then behind Howell. Well, that's that's. I, that's, I mean, you look at what Sam Howell's. I think talent right wise, talent I mean, wise, Sam Howell's probably better. But the ability to just yeah. tear you up with the offensive weapons around him, I think. I don't know. Mac Jones has been ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. My like, my point has been like I think Notre Dame. Like Sam Howell is a guy I was thinking of. Like Notre Dame has done a good job of containing Sam. Like did a really good job of containing Sam Howell. Really shut him down after the first two drives. 
um, and have faced some pretty good running backs. And that UNC team, that UNC team is not as talented as Alabama, but it may clo- most closely resemble Alabama behind Clemson as far as having talent on the outside at the receiver position, having talent at quarterback, and having talent at, at the running back position. Because UNC's running backs are also really good. Obviously, uh, was it Javante Williams? Is yeah, his name? He's no, he's no Najee Harris, but he's damn good. You know, he, he's he's real good. Um, but to me, I I completely agree with Ian. Like the biggest matchup, the biggest issue for Notre Dame is Devontae Smith, and don't discount John Mechie. Um, oh God, because so so right, Ian, you're worried about you're worried about seeing Devontae Smith against uh, against Clarence Lewis. I too am worried about that. I too am worried about D- Devontae Smith on. Sean Crawford. I'm I'm too worried about uh, Devonta Smith on Nick McLeod because um, I think we pretty much lose all of those matchups. But then you have to remember that somebody has to cover John Mechie, and he's really really good. Like Devonta Smith, I fully believe like most talented, most impactful player in college football this year. But God, they were good number two too. And forget it if Jalen Waddle was playing, man. Like oh uh, yeah, glad, glad you don't really have to account for him. But um, my biggest issue. The thing that certainly scares me the most is not, and it's not even close, is Alabama's receivers versus Notre Dame secondary. Yeah, I mean, it's that, and Tom, you, I, I agree with the Carolina comparison in terms of like schematically similar because Sam Howell's not really a runner, neither is Mac Jones. Well, we were able to, you know, win that game because. We are able to take away his first read in his first read in the RPO game, which Alabama runs a ton of those, and that's super important that we do that. But after the first read, Sam Howell was on his back. I mean, we gave him almost no time to throw. And there's a huge difference between the Alabama offensive line. Now their starting center, Landon Dickerson, all American. I'm not sure if he won the Remington or not for best center, but probably will if whenever that's announced. He's out, which is huge. Notre Dame has to take advantage. I'm kind of praying that it has the same impact on their offensive line in terms of it hurting it that Patterson did with ours. We have to get pressure against a fellow Joe Ward more Joe Moore Award finalist offensive line. Like that, we can't give Mac Jones time to get to his second read. Chances are his second read's probably one of their receivers running past one of our defense. I, I I'm hoping that that pressure will more easily come because we're not afraid of Mac Jones as a runner. Um, so we don't really have to, you know, keep a spy or just maintain the edges and Daylin and Ade can go after him because we're not really worried about him if he escapes the pocket. I mean, he's, he's not a bad thrower on the run, but we're not worried about him taking off for 15 yards or even 40 if it's Trevor Lawrence. So I'm hoping that will result in more pressure than it did against Clemson this past week. Um, when I'm thinking of the matchup with Devontae Smith and how we should play that, I'm with you, dude. We have to get pressure. That's our best way of stopping the passing game is pressure. I would hate to give up big, big, big plays. 80-yard touchdowns, 70-yard touchdowns, bite on a double move. So I'd, I'd love to play soft coverage and, and give up third and eight, which is going to be frustrating, and Ben don't break and just stop him in the red zone. But you don't want to, you don't want the ball in Mechie or Devontae Smith's hands. So you can't play that soft of coverage because their yards after the catch is almost like equally as unstoppable. So Clark Lee has a huge dilemma ahead of him, and I, I don't know how to play it. As far as I, I will say, good. That as just real quick, holding out this Alabama team to three points on drive as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
no matter where they start. I was going to say, I think, like, as far as getting pressure, um, what, what's, his, what's his name? It's uh, the Alabama center is, is Landon Dickerson. Landon Dickerson, as far as getting pressure, I think him being out, it could could play just as big of a role as not having Jared Parrish in the lineup for Notre Dame. Um, like I said, like the center's more often than not the signal call on the offensive line. Um, and these are two elite offensive lines. And without Jared Parrish, and Notre Dame has shown to struggle. I wouldn't be shocked if Alabama saw some, some of the same struggles against what I think is a pretty good defensive line. A defensive line that had a bad week last week. Um, but you know, I think I think can certainly play some really good ball with some of the, with some of the better with some of the better defensive lines in the country. Um, and I, what I'd love to really see would be, you know, Clark Lee doesn't want to overcomplicate things here, but I'd love to see some some stunts and some twists and get Ade or get Dalen in the A gap, like te- like whoever's whoever this backup center is, especially if you get if you can get Alabama off schedule a little bit and get him in like a third and six, third and seven, third and eight. Dial it up, man. Throw yeah. some, throw some, throw some pressure at the A gap. Get your good, great, get your great pass rushers. Your get your awesome pass rushers in some matchups uh, in the A gaps and see how they handle it, man. Uh, or, you know, again, like you guys, like you guys mentioned, like we don't have to worry about Mac Jones, the scrambler. We don't have to worry about Mac Jones, the play extender. Um, we have to worry about Mac Jones, the progress, the progressive, the the pocket passer who reads through who reads through his progressions. So I'm okay with I'm okay with having Kurt Heinisch having to maintain the C gap, you know. Yeah. Um, that I'm I'm okay with that. So I'd love to see Clark Lee kind of dial it up and, and, and test whoever they're going to bring in it bring it in center, um, because it's proven fruitful for teams like Clemson against Notre Dame. Make this man communicate too. Like get try to get Wu in the backfield because that was like that's yeah. what works for us first week yep. of Clemson. It's like get Wu in position to make plays. Who yeah. who, who else? That that was what I was going to say. Like. Wu is maybe Devontae Smith's more athletic overall. Wu's the best athlete on Notre Dame's defense. You could put Kyle Hamilton there, but you probably need Kyle Hamilton playing center field this entire game. You need to use Wu as creatively as you possibly can. Blitz him from everywhere. Line him up in the line. Drop him in the coverage because he can cover dudes too. I trust Clark Lee. You you can't just have him you know roaming the field and reading and reacting. You have to let him just go like send him off the edge he's a great blitzer and his ears back like you he's the, he's the best linebacker in the country you can't like i know like you know skalski for example you know clemson unleashed him against notre dame and he impacted the game everywhere now you have to let woo go on blitzes green dog blitzes where you're covering the running back then you go that's one thing we haven't really seen that much from notre dame sometimes drew drew white does it but not really i mean the pressure on the quarterback is basically the only way I can see us having a shot because, you know, you can't you just can't give them too much time. We'd also love to see on third on third down and obvious passing situations, like, yes, we got to keep – I completely agree, D. Like, get, get, get Wu involved because he's your best player on the field. And he's the best player on the field for Notre Dame on both sides of the ball. Um, and and you got to get your best players involved. But, like, I, I would love to see other linebackers also get involved. I mean, I don't know who this kid is that's replanting landing – that's replacing Landon Dickerson, but I'm sure he's not going to love having the psycho Bo Bauer in his grill on third down, you know, come busting through the a gap, especially if, if Bo Bauer, you know, lay somebody out on a kick on a kickoff early in the game. So I agree. Get, get your linebackers involved. Shane Simon too. Like, you know, I don't think we see a lot of Drew White as a, as a pass rusher, but get your athletes involved. 
get your best player involved to the best that you can, to the best of your ability. One thing, too, hey, on top of stopping big plays in the pass game, uh, they're lethal. They're lethal in, in the special teams game. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't kick it to Devontae no, Smith. I'd rather – Nope. Start it, let him start at the 40. Like – like kick it out of bounds if you have to, if you can't get it through the end zone. But just do not kick it to him with a chance to return. Um, Especially, I'm even more worried about the punt game than I'm worried about the about the about the kickoff game. Yeah, I will say a kick coverage. So, so the yeah, the, Bama, the Bama Florida. Yeah, I know Florida only lost by six. Um, and and I'm not gonna say like oh they 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 got the blueprint to beat Florida because we're a completely different team than Florida or they got the blueprint to beat Bama because we're an entirely different team than Florida and they didn't even beat them. I wasn't entirely paying attention to that game, but every time I looked over, it seemed like Florida had almost fumbled the ball and it was going to review. So we gotta hold on to the ball. We cannot turn the ball over. Yeah. Um, one other thing. Can't have BC. Before we uh, yeah can't have a BC before we move on to the picks, um, what one of my favorite plays last week was it one of them picked it up and one of them separated the man from the ball. Mechie hit him. Which Mechie hit him. Mechie hit Mechie hit him. Mechie tattooed him. Oh my god, Florida the Florida guy picked it off right and and Mechie Mechie came back and absolutely tattooed that guy. I couldn't believe it. Completely decleated him. Ball popped right out and Devonta Smith fell on it. That play was sick. As a football fan, that play was awesome. Yeah. I, I didn't get much of a chance to watch the Florida-Alabama game. I was unfortunately, uh, after uh, like the first three drives of the second half, I just went into full throttle uh, <laughs> drinking off the loss. And I uh, don't really recall the Florida-Alabama game too much. It was a good one. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it looked like I checked the score the next day. I was very I mean, surprised. Bama was up by 18 at half. Uh, we like Bama was up by eighteen and a half, and then Florida kind of crawled back into it. Bama dominated that game. Let's not kid ourselves. Bama absolutely dominated that game. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of vibe I got. All right, before we move on the picks, let's do this real quick. Notre Dame wins if either of you want guys want to go first. I think Notre Dame wins if we if Kyron Williams runs Kyron Williams runs for one hundred fifty plus yards. And we hold Bama under twenty five points. Good luck. Good luck with that. You realize they haven't scored I mean, less you, than thirty eight all year. I don't know what you want me to say. I was unprepared over twenty point dogs. I was. I mean, I'm making, uh, I'm making up anything on the spot. Notre Dame wins. Notre Dame wins if we can get Tremble and Mayer for combined ten receptions, um, and you get. You get three sacks, three or four sacks out of your front seven on defense. Um, those are probably the two biggest things that Notre Dame will need to do well. Is those are probably the two biggest advantages Notre Dame has. Um, it's got certainly got our work cut out for us, but possess the ball, possess the ball, convert on third down, convert in the red zone, use your tight ends, and 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 use and and win the front win the front seven battle. Can I amend mine? Yes. Sure. Um, I'll say we win if we force three turnovers and one of them is a defensive touchdown for us. Okay. I like that. I like that too. So yeah. Uh, obviously we'll need Lady Luck. 
on Saturday. Uh, I like the turnovers. I was going to say turnovers. I was going to say one thing. All Americans play like all Americans. That means Wu and Hamilton are making plays all over the field. Uh, shit, yeah, we don't have any others on defense, but they're you know the two best players up there with you know Smith and Harris, who are probably the most two most talented guys on uh, Alabama side. We see those two going head to head, and we get the better of that matchup between those four players. That's one. That's a tough ask. And that goes to the same thing, offensive line, protect book, two or less sacks, because Ian Book kind of runs himself in the sacks, like they're kind of inevitable. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you guys hit on the tight ends. Uh, I, I would say over 60% on third down conversions, just because that's where we got crushed against Clemson. Ultimately, if we start executing those, obviously if you're moving the ball on third down, you're taking time off the clock. That's less time that the ball is in Alabama's hands. More opportunities for us to win. Get those turnovers. You know, this game isn't impossible. 20 points is pretty much an insult. So 20, I, I think I think a very – I talked about it on the broadcast, I think, in the Clemson game. I don't know what broadcast I hear it on. I watch a lot of football and they talk about it a lot. But the eight-minute stretch, final four minutes in the first half, final four minutes in the second half. If we could steal a possession there – Say we get the ball in the second half, and we could be the last ones to score in the first half, and the first ones to score in the second half, and kind of just get a fourteen-point swing there, or, or even a ten-point swing. Um, that's that. Those are going to be the type of that. That's the kind of game management Brian Kelly's going to have to pull out um, for us to have a shot here. Yeah, it's. But I mean, knowing Kelly, he gets he wants the ball first every time, either. The other team kicks it or he chooses to receive. So. Possess possess the rock, don't turn it over. You're gonna have to play gonna have to play a, 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 not a damn near. You're gonna need a perfect game. Uh, and a little bit of, and, and, a, and a lot of luck. Um, but I don't I don't say I don't see it as impossible. Notre Dame does have things in, in mm-hmm. their control that they can do well to help make this uh, help make this a very tight game. I'll be in the stands. Cheering as loudly as I can in Saban's ear. Do it for us. Do it for us. Do it for us, Dave. Yep. Yep. Um. Wow. All right. Should we go picks? Do picks. We'll give our score predictions there. Yep. All right, T. So I'm looking at it. Uh, D, you had the best week last week. You were three and three. Um. (laughs) Good flex. Um. Ian, you and I both took a bath. Yeah. Um, Me. Me specifically. Uh, I'm not really going to get into it, but we we just had we just we just had rough 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 weeks. Uh, but we'll move on. Uh, D, I believe you're 32 and 42. Ian, I have you at 35, 31, and 30, sorry, 35, 39, one, and I'm at 34 and 40. Um, okay. So how do you guys want? Do you want to finish with Notre Dame or do you want to start with Notre Dame? Let's actually now. What did we do last time against Clemson? We started with. I think the first time. Picture. What did we do the first time? Did we finish with them the first time too? I think we finished with them both times. All right, all right. We, we can finish with them. All right, we'll finish with them. Make people listen to these first. <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll start from the other side then. Uh, actually, you know, we'll start, we'll start with the first game. First game is today the 29th. The first game is tomorrow, Wednesday, Wednesday the 30th. Um, the Cotton Bowl Classic featuring the Oklahoma Sooners and the Florida Gators. Uh, I'm sorry, is that the – I'm sorry, that's uh, – yeah, Cotton Bowl, I'm sorry. Oklahoma versus Florida. 
Uh, Florida is three and a half point dogs, um, despite being the higher higher ranked team in the final rankings. Uh, who do you guys like? Wait, Florida's three and a half. Florida's yeah. Did, I pulled those from action. Has Pitt has what you say? has Pitts opted out? Has Pitts opted out? I don't think no, he has. I hadn't heard. Pitts not Pitts not playing. Pitts isn't playing. Yeah. Oh. Um, and Pitts not playing, I mean, and neither are of... three of their top receivers. Their two top receivers, probably their top three receivers, are not playing. And if you count Pitts, their their top okay. four receiving options are not playing. Is this Florida? That's Florida. Okay. Yeah. And I believe Oklahoma really hasn't had any opt-outs. It's so not that I'm aware of. I yeah, not that I'm aware. Of. Um, Nothing. Nobody of, of major note. I don't believe. I'm still gonna take. I'm gonna take Florida to get within that number. I, I think Kyle Trask is really good. They recruit really well. Like these are type of games. Like this Oklahoma State game we're watching right now. There's a guy who had one reception for seven yards yeah. for Oklahoma State all year. Dude's got over 102 touchdowns, I believe, tonight. So these are the type of games those guys for Florida that are super talented. They step up, see the opportunity. Uh, personally, I just don't think Oklahoma's defense, while they've been good recently, they haven't seen an offense that's even close to what Florida's going to put on the field, even with those guys out, because they still have Kyle Trask. Yep. They still put up a bunch of points last week against against Alabama without without uh... – I'm sorry, no pits played. But no, they put up a boatload of points last week. So, Ian? I think I originally was all over Florida on this. I think those yeah. those opt-outs are going to matter. They're just they're going to be mm-hmm. still good offensively. They're not going to be as good offensively. And Oklahoma is kind of, I mean, sneakily been playing very, very well. And yeah. Oklahoma's coming off a championship weekend win. And... Florida was also talking trash, some SEC trash, which is bulletin board material, and I'm all about bulletin board materials. I think Oklahoma. I I agree with you. Uh, I got Oklahoma. I think the opt outs may just be a, just to be a little bit too much. Uh, Oklahoma has been playing really really well lately, um, and I my if there's one thing I love to do, it's betting against Spencer Radler. I'm just not a big fan of him, um, and that's proven to be costly for me this year. Um, I think I'm probably zero and three in betting games that Spencer Rattler has played in this week, this year. Um, so I'll try and reverse my own, my own mojo on that. And I'll, I'll take, I'll go with the Sooners um, to cover that, to cover that three and a half. All right. Next game, uh, Peach Bowl, Georgia, uh, Georgia versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati, uh, again, despite being the higher ranked team, it, are they the higher ranked team? They might not be. Uh, but it's Georgia, Georgia versus Cincinnati, and Cincinnati is six and a half point underdogs. What do you guys like? Six and a half. Uh, I'm taking Georgia. I think just with JT Daniels, I think they they've sneakily been kind of an offensive wagon uh, the last few weeks, stepping up. And while I've been riding with the Cats all year, well, they've kind of faded a bit and not looked as good of late. Um. Yeah, I, I think Georgia just way just kind of overwhelms them with talent in this game. I don't think Desmond Ritter's going to be good enough throwing the ball against a secondary littered with four and five stars that Georgia has. I think um, I think Georgia might win this game. I do think Cincinnati. I'm going to take Cincinnati to stay within that number, and I think this is a classic. Bowl games are so tough to figure out. And I think this is one of those motivation differences 
Um, Cincinnati has been disrespected all year, and this is another chance for them to to really prove their worth. Um, I think Luke Fickle is a great coach. I think Desmond Ritter is an underrated quarterback. Georgia is a much better team with JT Daniels under center, but I do think Cincinnati can hang with them. Yep. I, uh, I'm with the Bearcats as well um, for a lot of the same reasons that you are. I, I don't think that Desmond Ritter gets, gets enough credit. Uh, I'm a big fan of Luke Fickle, and I think that for me, I, the thing that makes the difference here is I think that Cincinnati's defense is really good. Um, yeah, they, I think they forced, they, if they have, if they still are, they're, they're near the top of forcing turnovers. Um, and JT Daniels is really good. Um, uh, but I think Cincinnati's defense is just not getting enough credit. And I don't think I've seen Georgia play. Yeah. I know they're playing the SEC, but, um, I have not been very, I, w- I wouldn't be very fearful of, of many of the SEC defenses this year. I don't know about you guys, but, um, so for that reason, I'll take the Cincinnati. Cincinnati defense is going to be a difference for me in this game, and I think they stay inside that number six and a half. Um, all right, next one, Fiesta Bowl. Oregon um, is playing against uh, playing against Iowa State. Iowa State is four point favorites. Who do you guys like? I don't know why, but I just I just have something against the Cyclones this year, so I'm going to go with Oregon. I I I'm not gonna pick a single Pac-12 game all bowl season like or Pac-12 team. I don't <laughs> think the Pac-12 is that good, and I I, I think Iowa State is a good team as well. So I'm gonna take Iowa State. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna take Iowa State. I'm against Pac-12, anti-Pac-12. Yeah, I uh, I actually think that Iowa State's you know despite despite having three losses, uh, I don't think I don't think the Louisiana team that that I I just think it wasn't the same team that played against that Louisiana team week one. Um, it's a different team. And yes, they lost, they lost two more times, but I, uh, I still think they're really, really, really good. They have the best running back in the country, probably, uh, and, you know, Raji, no, Najee Harris. And then probably Brees Hall is, is my number two back in the country. Um, Brock Purdy's not great, but I'll, I'll put my, uh, I'll put my eggs in the Brees Hall and Matt Campbell basket. Plus I think Oregon sucks. And like Ian, I will not be taking a PAC 12 team. Uh, and that starts in a few minutes with Texas and and Colorado. Hook them. Okay, cool. Hook them. All right, Orange Bowl. Orange Bowl for Miami. Uh, a game that Miami, who's playing right now, could have played in had they not laid an absolute egg against the Tar Heels. But uh, North Carolina versus Texas A&M. Uh, Texas A&M is seven-and-a-half-point favorites. You guys like? See, this one – North Carolina's entire offense outside of Sam Howell has opted out. And Chester, who is the linebacker, is probably their most explosive defensive player. That's what sucks is like, no, like everyone like didn't really factor in Notre Dame shutting down that Carolina offense. And now A&M will get a chance to say, oh, we did the same thing. Well, Yes, without their four best offensive skill players. Like both of their all ACC running backs opted out. Uh, Deami Brown, their top receiver, opted out. Um, like I, I think this is, I'm kind of going against my logic where I picked the Gators just because I still have Kyle Trask. But in Carolina's system where they're running RPOs, so much of it relies on timing and knowing where your guys are going to be in split second reads. And quite honestly, like once all those guys are out, the running backs who are probably both going to get drafted, 
move on to the NFL. They're all gone. I, I think A and M's kind of proven to play something or playing to prove something. Uh, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to go with the Aggies. I just don't think Carolina has the horses, and their defense still just isn't very good, especially without their leader on defense. See, I did not know that a bunch of North Carolina players were opting out. And so I would have been on North Carolina because that's a huge number, but now the number makes a lot more sense. And again, A&M seems pissed off they didn't get in. I'm going to go with A&M. More so just because I, don't, I have less faith in North Carolina's defense than I do in Sean Crawford. That's saying a lot. <laughs> that is <laughs> interesting, interesting on your end. Um, I, uh, I'm sorry, Ian, you went the Aggies, you said? I want the Aggies, yeah. Okay. So I'd probably I'd probably buy that point though. That's probably probably a safer play. Um, I'm so 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 against um, everything that comes that comes from Aggie Land this right now. Um, I didn't I wasn't aware of the opt outs, but even with the opt outs from North Carolina, I don't know. I'm still gonna bet against. I'm still gonna be get bet bet against the Aggies. I'll roll with Sam Howell. Hopefully they find a way to get inside the number, but there's no chance I'm taking the Aggies. I'm so tired of hearing their shit, so I'll take the Tar Heels. I'll be I'll be rooting for the Tar Heels for sure. Yeah, I'd I'd like to root with my bet, so we'll go with the, we'll go with the heels. Okay, we'll go to the uh, we'll go to the two three matchup for the playoff first. Um, this one is from uh, this one will be from New Orleans, right? No, yes, from New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State versus Clemson. Clemson seven and a half point favorites. Who you guys like? It's an insulting line for the Buckeyes. I honestly like. I, I've ranted on this about how much I think Dabo's in suffering. How insufferable Dabo is. His trolling of Ohio State has been it fucking. Is, it is funny. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Funny. I mean, he's just a troll. He's like, he's like, yeah, no, I think they're a great team, but. You know, I ranked him 11 just because you know, it's a principle of mine to have played nine games. <laughs> like, they, they, he's just being a troll. Like, yeah, he's pissing him, pissing them off. But, and, I, like, I hate Ohio State. I, I'm taking your logic here, Tom, of rooting with my bet. I think this Ohio State defense, A, is not as good as it was last year when they played Clemson. I don't even think it's close. They lost a ton of talent. And their offense, like... Yeah, they ran all over Northwestern, but Clemson's got a lot more dudes on their defense than Northwestern does. Ohio State's not going to be able to run all over them. Justin Fields, to be honest, just hasn't looked that good this year, outside of like the first two joke games. I, I, I see Clemson winning this one by about 17 points, kind of quieting down all those people uh, in Columbus. You know, I, I, I kind of hope this is a good game just because I kind of want to watch a good game. Um, but I, on the other hand, I'm kind of with you, D. I would love for Clemson to just kind of steamroll Ohio State. Um, and I, I do think that's, I think that's gonna, what's going to happen. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence can throw all over the secondary. If Michael Penix did it, Trevor Lawrence can do it. Um, so I think, I think Trevor Lawrence will throw all over this Ohio State defense. Justin Fields is going to need to be Superman for them to hang in this game. And he can be Superman. We really haven't seen it all this year. So I'm going to take Clemson and lay the points. Uh, I, too, am taking the Tigers. Uh, I agree with you, Dean. I think the trolling that Dabo has done is actually pretty funny for somebody that I find quite insufferable. Uh, I've enjoyed it. 
myself. Um, I do not think that Ohio State has the horses that Al- that um, that Clemson has. Um, and Clemson Clemson showed that last week um, how how good they really are against what I think is a pretty good Notre Dame team. Um, plus, the thing you know, like Ian said, I think that Justin Fields can have big game or could have a big game um, and help Ohio State win this game, but. I just don't see it, man. And I think it, I think he just has been healthy all year. Um, you know, he had he had the break he had the brace on his thumb on his throwing thumb uh, against Northwestern. And I just don't think he's he's ever been he has been completely healthy all year. Um, and I think that that'll continue. It seems like a bit of a lingering injury. I'm sure that he needs a full off season to get healthy. Um, but yeah, for those reasons, I'll take Clemson. I think this Clemson defense is just really really good. Um, and they get enough weapons on the uh, on the offensive side of the ball, starting with the number one overall pick in the draft, um, to 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 really put put Ohio State away early, in my opinion. Who will be going to Jacksonville? The Jet. I just I'm convinced the Jets didn't want him. Sorry, Delfica. The those those photoshops are so weird. <laughs> like he looks weird in the Jacksonville yeah, Jaguars does. jersey. I mean, I mean, the first photoshops of anyone in the NFL jersey are kind of weird, but like him in Jacksonville is just like. I think I was just so used to weird. seeing him in in in, in Jack Green. On the yeah, back of New, on, in the back of the New York Post, we've seen but, that photo a lot, yeah. and over yeah. the past like three years. Yeah, it's been it, it's been it's been quite some time coming, um, but sorry, Jets fans. Um, all right, we got one more game we got to pick. Uh, this one's the 4:30 game on New Year's Day, a four o'clock game, New Year's Day. Uh, Notre Dame against Alabama. Uh, the line, the line has not. I've not on Action Network. I couldn't find it climbing over 20. It stayed at uh, stayed at 19 and a half. So we'll pick it at 19 and a half. That's good with everybody. Um, but all right, Notre Dame, Alabama. Who you guys? Who you guys think? So here's how I see this game going. I see. I think Notre Dame's able to hang in with Alabama, much to the chagrin of Notre Dame haters out there. But I think this is one of the most prolific offenses in college football history, and you look at Notre Dame's back end, they just don't have the horses to stop them for four quarters. I I think this game is close through the first three, but I think Alabama pulls away. They win 42-28. See that forty two twenty eight number could go a couple different ways. Like I think our Ohio State score was like forty five twenty eight back in the Fiesta Bowl. That was a blowout. This forty two twenty eight comes down to, you know, Alabama putting up a late score with like four minutes left in the fourth quarter, to put it away. Like it and it, it being a close game for three quarters. I think Ian Book plays well, and I think we go out you know being proud of the way this team battled and proving that they can hang and throw some punches with Alabama. But ultimately, like, there's just too much until Notre Dame starts getting guys like Alabama has. They're just, they're going to need a lot of luck to win. I am going to take the Irish to cover 19 and a half, and I do not wish to further elaborate. Okay. I'm taking no questions at this time. Um, uh, I, too, am going to take Notre Dame. Uh, I'm inclined to agree with D. I, I'm not going to give a score prediction, but I think that Notre Dame can. I think last I think last week was an anomaly in this in this Notre Dame season. Teams too mature, uh, with too much skill, in some important spots, um, to not to not at least make this a game. 
Um, don't, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't probably, I probably can't confidently say that Notre Dame is going to come away with the, with, with the victory here. Uh, although I, 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 I have played a scenario in my head where I could see it happening, but I definitely see Notre Dame staying within the number here. Um, I just think that 19 and a half is just a little bit too much. Uh, I think that two scores, the, the two scores somewhere between 10 and 14 is probably, is probably the right, uh, probably the right number in there. So, um, I'll go, I'll take the Irish. Um, and D you, you touched on one thing. I think this is a conversation we should save, um, for the off season. It shouldn't be something that's had right now, but, um, frankly, um, and shows itself in the secondary, especially there's a, just a bit of a talent gap in, in the way that Notre Dame recruited, um, Notre Dame's recruited a lot better. Um, but they, they made, they think Brian Kelly's adjusted his recruiting to beat older Alabama teams and older Clemson teams. He may not have adjusted his recruiting to beat this current iteration of this Alabama team, but you know, we'll see. And again, um, yeah, this crazier things have happened in, in my opinion. So, uh, we'll see. I, I, I'm going in, I'm going in cautious, cautiously optimistic, uh, for, uh, for Friday. All right. So you guys both picked them inside the number. You don't have to give a score prediction. Is it a backdoor cover, you know, where we get blown out and sneak inside the number or is it a close game that we stay inside? Close game. History would tell us that it's a backdoor cover, but I think this. I do think this one's gonna be a little different. Like we're we're a playoff team for a reason, and yeah, we got blown up by Clemson last playoff game, but that's because Julian got hurt. Like it was a close game until Julian Love got hurt. Um, we 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 are a good team, and we are one of the top four teams in the country. Alabama's really good. Nineteen and a half is a huge number, so I think I think we're within it for most of the game. Yeah. Hey, hey, and why not? Why not get a bounce or two our way? You know, Clay. Clay I mean, that, that the other thing that changes that Clemson game two years ago is Claypool fall, falls on that falls on that. Oh yeah, that fumble on the ass. kick return. I mean, oh. that's a great play by him. It, you know, he takes he takes one. You know, his toes out of bounds, and 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 that's the difference in the game. That's just a little bit of luck. Like I don't think that had to do anything to do with skill. Yes, the final score indicates a different story, but in the middle of the game, that game that game was still tight. Um, it could have gone a very different way. So yeah. All right, all right, fellas. <sighs> D enjoy. D enjoy Dallas. I'm excited. Yeah, have fun, D. I will. Um, to our listeners, it was Slev's birthday um, the day before we recorded this. So shoot him a shoot him a little text or uh, comment on our post or something, wishing him happy birthday and happy New Year's. Happy New Year's, fellas. Hey, hey, I would love for Wu to give me a late birthday gift here. That'd be great. <laughs> I guess. Let's have one more game week yeah, podcast. Let's, let's talk about that on some championship. Sure. Let's do it. All right, fellas. Talk soon.